0: Casting company brings you the sound of war, the actual sound record of World War II, 2,191 days from the time Hitler's panzer divisions moved across the Polish borders to the ceremony of the Japanese surrender aboard the United States battleship Missouri in Tokyo Bay. World War II, the most terrible period of death and destruction in the long history of man. World War II, a drama preserved for all time through the medium of radio. An era never to be forgotten. Tonight, D-Day, the beginning of the end. It is June 1944, and the Allies are on the march. Five years since the German army invaded Poland, and just a few months short of three years since the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Great Britain, fighting alone after the fall of France, was soon joined by Russia in early 1941, and then by the United States after the Japanese attack. Now the three great powers were systematically chipping away at the Nazi Empire. From the east, it was the massive avalanche of Russian strength. From the south and west, it was Great Britain and the United States. Everywhere in the world in June of 1944, the Allies were on the offensive. Leading up to these moments were two great victories told by the Prime Minister of Great Britain, Winston Churchill. First, it was Africa, then Egypt. Now it was June 4th, 1944. It is just six days short of four years since June 10th, 1940, that President Franklin Delano Roosevelt spoke these words.
1: On this 10th day of June, 1940, the hand that held the dagger has struck it into the back of its neighbor.
0: Now it is June 4th and Judgment Day for the Italian nation is at hand.
1: Allied troops have entered the eternal city of Rome. Sporadic resistance by the Germans continues. The Fifth Army has battled every inch of the way and entered the Italian capital after an artillery duel six miles from the city. Details just in disclose that the spearheads of Allied forces entering Rome were formed of American troops. The city was entered by the way of the Via Casalina, a famous highway into an historic city, the first European capital to be reached by Allied forces.
0: Now events move quickly. June 5th, 9 a.m. There are rumors throughout the free world. Rumors that have been circulating for many weeks. Rumors that have to do with code name Operation Overlord, the Invasion of Western Europe. It is June 5th, 3 p.m. A coded message is sent to the French Underground. The message, the arrow pierces steel. The meaning, the invasion of fortress Europe is at hand. It is Tuesday, June 6th. a.m.
2: A bulletin, London, a naval officer just returned to Supreme Allied Headquarters from the French invasion beaches reports that all main points have been gained and that reinforcements are pouring across the channel in an unprecedented stream.
0: It is 10 a.m. Tuesday, June 6th, 1944. D-Day has come. The French invasion beaches are still not secure. It is less than 10 hours since the first Allied soldier touched French soil. Select men from the American 101st and 82nd Airborne Divisions. Now President Franklin Delano Roosevelt speaks to the nation and the world.
1: Last night, when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation.
0: Under a protecting umbrella of Allied aircraft, the Americans and British dug in on the five invasion beaches. The invasion beaches, called by the simple sounding names. The British securing the east flank, protecting Gold Beach, Juno Beach, and Sword Beach. The Americans to hold the west flank, protecting Omaha and Utah beaches. And the president led the nation in prayer.
1: God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and cruel. Give strength to their arms stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore-tried by night and by day without rest until the victory is won. will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. With thy blessing, we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogances. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men, and a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, Almighty God.
0: D-plus-one. 36,000 men ashore on Utah Beach, 34,000 on Omaha, 83,000 on the British-held beaches of Gold, Juno, and Sword. Off the five landing beaches of Normandy, 5,300 ships of every size and shape. There was terrible war at sea as well as on land. Well, the sea has gone down this afternoon of June 7th and is now
3: running very quietly with the path of the moon across. Stretched all around us in the darkness are the shapes of the ships of the convoys. going up from warships out to sea from us in the next lane. And we could hear the harsh motor noise of the German plane or planes overhead. tracers are now shooting up and for a moment as the plane seems to have passed beyond us and the tracers disappear. Here comes more German planes back again. Tracers are rising up on all sides now. Now the motor dies away. Or the motors. The fire keeps changing. The Nazi plane as it goes down over the convoy. Just a minute ago at the end of the other... Wave that came over, we fell down one of our own barrage balloons. Fell down into the sea. No particular harm done.
0: There's the siren signal that DQ General Quarters is over. The balloons come out. It is still D plus one off the Normandy invasion beaches. Now one of the most fantastic broadcasts in history. The actual description of a German plane being shot down by the invasion convoy.
4: Here we go again. Another plane's come over. Right over our port side. Reasoning to make an arc right over our bow now. And disappearing into the clouds before they burst. Looks like we're gonna have a night tonight. burning is falling down through the sky and circling down maybe a hit flame. There he goes. They got one. They got one. They got that one. This one right here. Did we? Yeah. This Great lots of fire came down in the small ring now, just off our port side in the sea lights of that burning Nazi plane are just twinkling now
3: in the sea and going out. When the tracer starts up again, and there's warning of another plane coming in.
0: It is still D plus one. The first stories of the opening minutes on the five invasion beaches are now being told. How did the men react when they hit the beaches? A sailor on a landing barge tells his story.
4: Well, I, uh, it seemed to me that, uh, they just didn't seem to worry about her. They went ashore, sure, slowly walked around, uh, took their jobs, just as if they were on 42nd Street, just like I go out down sometimes for a
0: uh, What about the wounded? Those men who were hit by the great concentration of Germany's coastal defenses.
4: Well, I never heard them up. I didn't understand. They don't cry, they don't know about pain, or they don't ask for any help. They just sit there, try to h- hang on to their jaw or whatever part of them is wounded, and they don't say anything.
0: Now, for a few moments, the war shifts to the Pacific area.
4: ...from the hold of a Navy transport several miles off Guam in the Western Pacific.
0: What you are about to hear is not a radio drama. You are listening to a broadcast that took place on the eve of battle.
4: Tomorrow morning at dawn, American Marines will depart from this ship and move ashore to take back that island from the Japanese who seized it from us two and a half years ago. Tonight, on the eve of this new invasion... We've taken you into the living quarters of some of the marines who will storm the Guam beaches tomorrow. They are gathered around us, one playing San Antonio Rose on the harmonica. Just as on occasion during this sea voyage, he has played for the other fellows. Down here in the lights of the hole are the men who are going to do the fighting. Are you married? No. Got a girl back there? A few? A few. (laughs) A few? (laughs) <laughs> have you been in combat before? Yeah, I have once. Uh, nothing serious, though, huh? No. Nothing like tomorrow. Get the Purple Heart? Did you get the Purple Heart? Somebody wants to know? No, not quite. <laughs> well, let's hope you don't this time. I, I hope, hope so. What kind of work uh, do you do in the Marines? What will you be doing tomorrow? Military station. Military <laughs> safety. It's a military secret, somebody says. Is that right? Well, it's probably... All right. Incidentally, we cannot give you the names of these men because of military security at this time. But maybe somebody back home will recognize the voice. It is July
0: 19, 1944. The place off the island of Guam. The first United States possession to fall to the Japanese after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Guam, 1,155 miles south of Tokyo. American forces were now at the approaches to Japan's inner perimeter. The defenses in front of the home islands. The men will soon storm ashore. H-hour is but four hours away. What are the men talking about on the eve of the invasion? Uh,
4: you're, you've been taking care of laundry on here. Right, ho. Are your prices pretty low, do you think? Well, I, I think they're reasonable, but some people don't, I don't guess. But I think they're lucky to even get your clothes worth. Well, now, I gave you some of my clothes, and they came back starched. That's yeah, first... and iron. That's the first time I've had any starch clothes overseas. Well, you know, it's this little political pull there, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The invasion of Guam has begun. One of the Marines, moving in on a half-track, has a wire recorder attached to his back. This broadcast is taking place a half mile from the landing beach. Japanese fire is hitting all around the attacking Marines.
4: Boy, well, it's up to my knees. I think my pistol got wet. I don't know. It's pretty high. I'm moving away from the half track now. The men are motioning me each other to move forward. See, the, the surface of the coral is quite level, although it's uh, it's bumpy but it's not at least not jagged not full of foam. There's a lot of something growing underneath. The halfback's moving very slowly. about a half a mile to the beach. The men are all spread out. They look pretty good. It's a small picture of these Marines. Boys, you know from your own hometown. There's a lot of fire around us.
0: are now ashore on guam we are now in a tank the tank is moving forward against japanese snipers and japanese pillboxes clearing the way for the marines on foot the broadcast is imperfect the tanker is saying turn your turret on will you right back here center your turret tank has spotted a Japanese mortar behind a tree. Listen now to the terrible sounds of war and death. The tanker is saying, get a mortar right behind that tree, right behind. Oh, no, a little further. See where that green thing is right there? Fire a burst of machine gun. Get
1: a mortar right behind that tree, right
2: behind that... Oh, no, Look farther, See where that green thing is right there?
0: Fire a burst of machine gun. Look. Now he continues on. Little high, low, low, right there. There, you got him. You, you, that's it. You got him. Go high, low, low, right there. There, you got it. You, That's it, you got him. Another one right in there. Now the end of a Japanese sniper. The tanker says, another one right in there. A bit lower, that's it. Put it right through the tree a little lower. He's still wiggling. Eighty miles of bridgehead now held by the Americans and the British. D plus 11. More than half a million Allied soldiers have gone ashore on the French invasion coast. D plus 20. One million men now on Hitler's fortress Europe. July 20th, 1944, six weeks since D-Day. Now more amazing news from inside Germany. An assassination attempt against the life of Chancellor Adolf Hitler. He is seriously wounded by a bomb explosion. Says Adolf Hitler, the German people are unworthy of my greatness. No one appreciates what I have done. Twelve days later, Prime Minister Winston Churchill says, I no longer feel bound to deny that victory may come, perhaps soon. It is August 25th, 1944. Two months, 19 days since the Allies landed on French soil. Four years, two months, 11 days, since the Nazi army marched into undefended Paris.
2: This is John McVeigh in Paris. Those bells you can hear are the bells of Notre Dame Cathedral. They've just begun ringing about two or three minutes ago, and they're ringing a chime of thanksgiving that French troops have entered the city. We just came in this morning with the first correspondent, the first American car to come in with these French troops... We've just had a big street fight here right in the square in front of the cathedral. And now all the church bells in the city are beginning. I can hear three or four more churches and I'll let you hear them. We've just had a big fight here in the square in front of Notre Dame. And we're all lying in our stomachs and hoping for the best. But we hope that's all over now and that these bells that we hear in Paris is cleaned up. Boys are ready for battle because most of them have been four years away from Paris and you can touch how they're feeling when they come back and see their own folk again. The French boys are dressed in American uniform. They look like Americans, but when they open their mouths the people know they're French. These bells are peeling out a chime a thanksgiving that after all these years Paris is again free. When people found we were the first American car to come into the city they overwhelmed us with kindness. They gave us wine, flow.
0: another dramatic broadcast. It is the following day. General Charles de Gaulle, the symbol of France's defiance when the Nazis had overrun the country, walks proudly along the streets and boulevards of Paris. Says de Gaulle, I go on foot. This is not a day for passing in review with trumpets sounding. He is about to enter the cathedral of Notre Dame.
4: to face the square and this huge crowd
0: of There is firing going on in the street. You will now hear the actual shot fired in the assassination attempt of General de Gaulle. It's being
2: presented to people. It's
4: being received. It's being received. Even while the general is marching. Even while the general is marching into the
0: cathedral At this point, the news commentator, in dashing to safety, unplugged the wires of his recorder. Now he is back on the air.
4: Well, that was one of the most dramatic scenes I've ever seen. Just as General de Gaulle was about to enter the cathedral of Notre Dame, firing started all over the place. I'm afraid we couldn't get you the noise of that firing because I was overwhelmed by a rush of people who were trying to seek shelter and my cable parted from my microphone. But I fell just near General de Gaulle, and I managed to pick myself up. General de Gaulle was trying to control the crowds rushing into the cathedral. He walked straight ahead into what appeared to me to be a hail of fire, but he went straight ahead without hesitation. His shoulders flung back and walked right down the central aisle, even while the bullets were pouring around him.
0: So in less than three months, there was new, great success for the Allies. The fall of Rome. D-Day. Guam recaptured. Paris again in Allied hands. The war was going well. The free men of the Allies were on the march. The Westinghouse Broadcasting Company has brought you D-Day and the Summer of 1944, the voices and sounds of the most dramatic period of the 20th century. This program was written, produced, and directed by Bud Greenspan. My name is David Perry.